When you want the taste of a truly great beer. It's Thursday, June 2nd. You're listening to W3 Radio, your news weekly about the World Wide Web in under 10 minutes. I'm Michael Schofield. DRM is still coming to HTML. In March, the W3C threw out a non-aggression covenant, which would safeguard people from some of the legal risk associated with building DRM into the open web. The controversy is chiefly legal. Opponents claim that since laws like the U.S. Digital Millennium Copyright Act, Canada's C-11, New Zealand's Bill 92A, and accords like the European EUCD, the Central American Free Trade Agreement, and the U.S.-Australian and U.S.-Korean Trade Agreements make it illegal to tamper with DRM, essentially the open lawful development of the web cannot continue since, paradoxically, DRM is core to that development. As a W3C member, the Electronic Frontier Foundation has been long since involved in these discussions, intending to, quote, persuade the W3C that supporting DRM is a bad idea for the web, bad for interoperability, and bad for the organization. The EFF proposed, in its objection to the rechartering of the W3C EME Group, a DRM circumvention non-aggression covenant in which W3C members agree not to sue anyone for circumventing the encrypted media specification or in disclosing any vulnerabilities therein. This proposal was rejected. This means that the charter for the HTML Media Extensions Working Group, who oversee the encrypted media extensions specification, has been extended through September 2016. Chrome 51 introduces new tools to allow developers to work toward a less jank-inducing web. The Intersection Observer API lets you know when an observed element enters or exits the viewport. The Credential Management API is a new W3C spec that allows a site to interact with the browser's Credential Manager. And Passive Event Listeners lets one tell Chrome that basically an event listener isn't going to prevent scroll. Facebook, Twitter, Microsoft, and YouTube are teaming up with the European Union to crack down on online hate speech. The internet giants signed up to a new set of rules designed to stop racist, violent, and illegal content from going viral. They agreed to review, quote, a majority of flagged content within 24 hours and, if necessary, they'll remove it. The companies also agreed to promote, quote, independent counter-narratives to fight hate speech, including content promoting non-discrimination, tolerance, and respect. The number of smartphone owners using adblock software has risen by 90% over the past year, according to a new report by PageFair, a startup that helps publishers get around ad-blocking software and Priori Data, which tracks mobile apps. The report suggests that ad blockers are popular in emerging countries because they help reduce load times and bandwidth use, thereby cutting spending on data plans. Sublime Text 3 is out. Neat. The Internet of Things is expected to surpass mobile phones as the largest category of connected devices in 2018. Between 2015 and 2021, IoT is expected to increase at a compounded annual growth rate of 23%, making up close to 16 billion of the total forecast 28 billion connected devices by 2021. After a rampage that left 14 people dead in San Bernardino, key U.S. lawmakers pledged to seek a law requiring tech companies to give law enforcement agencies a, quote, backdoor to encrypted communications and electronic devices, such as the iPhone used by one of the shooters. But now, only months later, much of the support is gone, and the push for legislation is dead. According to sources in congressional offices, the administration, and the tech sector, draft legislation that Senators Richard Burr and Dianne Feinstein, the Republican and Democratic leaders of the Intelligence Committee, had circulated weeks ago 
likely will not be introduced this year and, even if it were, would stand no chance of advancing. The short life of the push for legislation illustrates the intractable nature of the debate over digital surveillance and encryption, which has been raging in one form or another since the 1990s. So, uh, I guess MySpace was hacked. Okay. New data sampling 53,000 people show that Americans as a whole are becoming less likely to have residential broadband. They're abandoning their wired internet for a mobile data-only diet, and if the trend continues, it could reflect a huge shift in the way we experience the web. The study, which was conducted for the Commerce Department by the U.S. Census Bureau, partly reaffirms what we already knew. Low-income Americans are still one of the biggest demographics to rely solely on their phones to go online, but now even people with higher incomes are ditching their wired internet access at similar or even faster rates compared with people who don't earn as much. In 2013, 8% of households making $50,000 to $75,000 a year were mobile only. Fast forward a couple of years, and that figure now stands at 18%. 17% of households making $75,000 to $100,000 are mobile only now, compared with 8% two years ago and 15% of households earning more than 100,000 are mobile only, versus 6% just in 2013. A new Resize Observer API last edited May 13th, 2016 may mean that element queries are closer than we thought. And in other API news, there is also apparently a uh, payment request API um, last edited May 26th, which um, should allow... Uh, merchants to easily accept payments from different payment methods with minimal integration. The spec reads that user agents will facilitate the payment flow between merchant and user. Cool. As of May 27th, following Chrome and Firefox, WebKit will block geolocation API requests in future releases, except over HTTPS. And lastly, Google will begin testing an alternative to passwords next month, and a move that could do away with complicated logins for good. The new feature is called the Trust API, and it aims to kill passwords not through one super secure replacement, but by mixing together multiple weaker indicators into one solid piece of evidence that, well, you are who you say you are. Among the pieces of evidence that Google suggests the API could use are some obvious biometric indicators, such as your face shape and your voice pattern, as well as some less obvious ones how you move, how you type, how you swipe on your screen. Individually, it would be ludicrous to use any of those methods to secure web services. Even facial recognition, now built into many Android phones, is significantly less secure than a fingerprint scanner, according to Google's own metrics. But combining them can, the company suggests, result in something more than 10 times as secure as a fingerprint. The service will be open to third parties, allowing other organizations to verify your identity through the API. Initially, banks will use it to verify customers logging in through Android, but, quote, by the end of the year, it should be available to every developer. Hey, thanks for listening to my new podcast, W3 Radio. You can help it find its footing by telling your friends in whatever forums you can, leaving a nice review, and subscribing. W3 Radio is brought to you by LibUX, articles and podcasts about the user experience for libraries in the higher ed web. I am Michael Schofield. Hit me up on Twitter at Schofield. I'll see you next week. Thanks.